Welcome to the show, Fairways and Finance. My name is Jeff Smith. I've been in the mortgage business for 16 years, top quarter percent LO nationwide. And you know, this podcast, we want to talk about your finances, how to grow and accumulate wealth and all things related to the mortgage industry. But we're golf lovers here as well. So we're going to work in some golf. Don't worry for my golf lovers out there. We got you. And I hope you enjoy the show. Okay, welcome back to the show, everybody. Hope your year is off to a great start. We're almost halfway through. And Jeff Smith, Fairways and Finance podcast coming at you from The Grove in Tennessee. And so we, uh, my family and I recently moved out here to Tennessee at the end of February. And, you know, it's, it's been a great experience for us. We, we were living in Chandler in the Phoenix area and we were looking for a change. You know, we, we wanted to move from, from Chandler up to Scottsdale is what we were looking at doing really. And we had been looking at places up in Scottsdale and a couple years prior, we had uh, built a cabin up in the white mountains as a way to escape the heat in the summers in the Phoenix area. Cause it gets super hot out there. And we were finding that we couldn't get up to that cabin as much as we hoped that we would. And so we were looking at moving up to Scottsdale, but then my, my wife, Danielle, was following some gals on Instagram who live out in the Nashville area, and, she, and we had this trip planned out to Florida. And she's like, hey, what do you think about moving to Nashville? And I'm like, well, I don't know anything about Nashville. Let's take a look. And so, so we started researching it online, and it, it looked like an amazing place. And you know, my business in, in the mortgage industry had really moved from having all of my clients coming in to meet with me in person in my office to all of my clients meeting with me over video or over the phone. And you know, during COVID, we switched to video meetings, but it's so much more convenient for clients to meet with me over video rather than get their kids, make an appointment, drive in and meet me at my office. Maybe they're spending 30 minutes there and back. They can just meet me from the comfort of their own home over video. I can share my screen. I can give them all the options that they need and then email it to them when we're done. And so, you know, by no intentional means, my business had just become virtual. And so, you know, we're very fortunate that because of that, we had the opportunity to to move and relocate. And, you know, all my business I'm still doing in the Phoenix area. I'm working on expanding in Tennessee. I just got licensed in Tennessee. And uh, so very excited about that opportunity to build and grow out out here. But, you know, sometimes I think you just got to you just got to go for it, you know, and, and like, uh, my parents were just really surprised that we made that decision so quickly. We, you know, first really thought about it in August of last year, took a trip out here, October of last year. That's when we uh, had that trip planned to Florida and we stopped out here first. And then once we made that trip out here, we, we pulled the trigger and said, let's, let's go. And so that was like a two and a half, three month process. But, you know, for, for Danielle and I, we were specific on what we were looking for. You know, we, we wanted, if we were going to move out of Arizona, which we love Arizona, but if we were going to move out of Arizona, we want somewhere that had good weather, but more mild year round, which Nashville does. I'm a huge golfer. So we bought a home in a private golf community where I can drive my golf cart down to the golf course and play around a golf, work on my game. So I've, close proximity to golf, which is very important. And then we wanted like a contained community where we had other amenities. And so, 
you know, there's pools here and restaurants and clubhouse and lots of activities for the kids, tennis, golf, fishing, all of that within the community. But we wanted to be in a big city too that had good culture. And, you know, Nashville's got all of those things as well with the music scene, the, the country western scene. Uh, there's a lot of good food in Nashville and we're, we're 35 minutes from downtown. And we're 15 minutes from some really good restaurants that are up the up the way in, in Franklin. So when we made this trip out here, it just checked every single box. So it's like, why not? You know, the the worst thing that's going to happen to us is we're going to figure out that this wasn't the right move for us. And, and maybe we go back to Phoenix. And if that's what happens, so be it. But I don't think that that's going to happen now because we were clear on the list of requirements that we had. And we said, what is it going to take to do this? We would need to sell both our homes in Phoenix get under contract out here and make the move. And, and so that's what we did. And so, you know, it's been a crazy six month period. We've been very busy. It's been a lot of work to get that done, but we're really excited to be out here and about the new opportunities that that brings. And so, you know, I think sometimes in life, making a decision like that, moving our kids, that was probably our biggest concern. It's like, how are the kids going to adapt? How are, how is this going to be for them? And they're, six and eight years old and so we felt like we're kind of right at the end of the age where we could move them without a major disruption we got lucky because our daughter's best friend it, it turned out that her family was moving to illinois at the same time that we moved to tennessee so we weren't taking her away from from her best friend and so you know thinking it through all of those things and then making a decision like this to move your family across the country it's not easy to do. It's just not easy to do. It's very stressful. But I think that when when you go through a list of what you're looking for and every box is being checked in the yes column, then you've got to say to yourself, like, why would I not do this? And you can't be scared of the work that it's going to require and the time and effort that's going to require. You can't let the fear of having to work really hard hold you back from what you want to achieve, right? And, and you've got to make scary decisions to get to the places that you want to go. You know, and that's like when I got into the mortgage business, like I was really scared to go 100% commission. That's everybody's fear. That's always everybody's fear. And I'm still always scared being 100% commission. But you can't let the fear keep you from making decisions that are going to benefit you and your family. You've got to work through that fear grind it out and give yourself no plan B. We're, we're going to get it done. We're going to make it happen. And we're going to see where we land. And the worst thing that happens is you fail. Yeah, but most of the time when people fail, they learn some really good lessons and, and they come out on the other side stronger than they were before. So my 40th birthday is coming up. It's in uh, June on the 16th. And so I'm getting some new golf clubs for my birthday. And God, you know, it's like for all the guys and gals who are golfers out there, I don't know what it is about getting new golf clubs, but man, I love getting new golf clubs. Like buying a new car is really awesome. We just got a new house. That's really exciting as well. But there's just something about getting new golf clubs that is just so exciting, especially a new driver. It's like the, the lore, the promise of hitting it another 10, 15, 20 yards and so I was. I went and did a fitting today with the pro here, Jude Lenahan, who's a, a really good golf coach. I haven't, you know, had a lesson with him or met with him yet, but I wanted him to help fit me into some into some new clubs. And so I did kind of a, a lesson and a club fitting combined into one. And you know, it was really exciting because in that lesson, like I came in there with my driver swing speed between 105, 108, 
miles an hour in that range, 103 to 108. And I left there and I, my, my fastest swing was over 113 miles an hour. And I, I gained probably 25 yards, 20 yards on my driver just in that one hour lesson from a few things he had me doing. And then from some, some tweaks with clubs. And so he was showing me some things where if I can you know, leverage the ground a little bit better, use my arms a, a little bit better, I'm going to gain a ton of club head speed. And so I feel like my game is finally starting to come together, but I've been grinding at golf for like 30 years. You know, I started playing golf when I was around 10 years old and I've just never reached what I feel my, you know, physical abilities give me the chance to do it. Like I, I haven't reached my potential of what I feel like I could do on the golf course given you know my physical abilities and so that's always been like a disappointment for me because you know I'm, I'm a good golfer and everything but I'm not as good as I feel like I should be and so the last few years I've had the opportunity to take lessons from some really great coaches Jeremy Anderson at Legacy in Phoenix I took lessons from him twice a month for 12 months or 13 months um, so I was there two hours a month getting lessons with them, grinding really hard on my swing and made a ton of improvement in my swing over that period of time. And then I took a handful of lessons from Milo Lines at Superstition Mountain, where I was a member, also a really good instructor. And, uh, you know, I follow Milo on social media. I follow Jeremy on social media as well. You should follow both of them. They're, they're phenomenal coaches. But Milo helped me refine some things that Jeremy and I were working on. And then now I've taken this lesson with Jude and he's given me a couple additional things that are kind of like the next phase in the progression. But uh, so I'm really excited about, you know, the amount that I've improved in my game, but I also feel like I'm falling short of where I could get. But, you know, what it makes me think about is like improving at anything is a grind. You know, I think about like my best years in the mortgage business and I and I've had some great years. Yeah, I've made well over a million dollars in in new, numerous years in the mortgage business. But each of those years, the preceding years, I worked really hard. Like I worked harder than I'd ever worked. You know, I just was grinding it out and putting in every time. I'm like, oh, I'm, I'm tired of working. I'm like, I'm gonna do ten more minutes. You know, or I'm gonna get up ten minutes earlier tomorrow. And, you know, with my golf game, it's been the same thing. Like sometimes I'm in seasons of life where I can't put as much time into it as others. But right now it's a season in my life where I'm able to get some extra time in. And, you know, last night I was in our garage hitting balls and then working on speed training until 11 p.m. Because I had a busy day at work. Then we put the kids down. Then I had to do a little bit more work. And I was tired, but I'm like, you know what? I need to get in some practice on my swing. I need to keep working at this. And so I spent about an hour and a half down in the garage, like grinding it out until 11. And, you know, that's borderline psycho, but that's what it takes. That is the effort level that it takes to get really good at something. And, you know, the, the pathway is not linear. Like you don't just work really hard at something for a month and then all of a sudden you're like killing it. You know, I've been working really hard at golf at different times for 30 years and I still haven't gotten the results that I, I know that I can get, but I know I'm going to get them. It's just taking me longer than I hoped it would. And it's ta- you know, maybe it's taking me longer than it would for other people, but I know it's coming. I can see that it's coming. It's just, it hasn't quite happened yet. And it was kind of similar for me in the mortgage business. You know, I, I've been in the business for 18 years. And for 10 years, 
It's like I'm I'm working on stuff and I'm putting in a lot of hours, but I wasn't achieving the income that I thought I could. And so I had to make some changes with the companies that I was at, with the mentors that I had. Then I got into a coaching program. And so all those different steps, it was like I got a little bit closer, a little bit closer, a little bit closer. And then things started to click. And then you know, and then I started to have some big years. And then I started some bigger years. And then all of a sudden, like now I'm I'm in seven-figure income territory. And so but that just took a lot of time and a lot of effort to get there. And I would have loved to come out of the gates and make a million dollars. But you know, who does that? Like almost nobody does that. It's always a major grind. And this last weekend we had some friends over and we were talking about the book Relentless. It's written by the coach of Michael Jordan and Kobe Bryant, their trainer that they worked with. And his name right now is escaping me. Um, but the book is Relentless. And so in that book, you, if you haven't read the book, you've got to read the book. It's, a, it's an unbelievable read. Uh, but he talks about his time with Jordan and Kobe, two of the, you know, Jordan, the greatest basketball player of all time, Kobe, you know, among the greatest basketball players of all time, both epic grinders, just absolutely epic. And like Kobe, you know, when he was on the Lakers, like they do two day practices at certain times of the year. And he would get to the gym between 4 and 5 a.m., and he'd do a third practice before everybody else got there. So by the time the team's showing up in the morning at you know 8 o'clock or whatever, he's, he'd already practiced for like two or three hours, showered, had breakfast, and he's ready for the next practice. And so it's that kind of level of commitment that you have to put in to really improve at something and get to get to a high level. And I remember this story he tells in the book where Grover something is his Grover Nordquist or Grover something is his is the author's name, but he's telling the story of Kobe and Kobe. Uh, the guys on the team wanted Kobe to go out with them after a game, and it was like a playoff game that they had won or something like that, and it was the end of a series. And he normally didn't go out and party like that because next day, no matter if they won or lost, he was in the gym first thing in the morning working on his game and so you know the guys were like busting his balls about going out and you know it's the end of the series let's go out let's celebrate let's do this and so kobe says yeah i'll I'll go out and celebrate with you but you got to be at the gym with me first thing in the morning at 5 a.m or 7 a.m or whatever the time was and so they go out and then kobe's in the gym and the other guys aren't in the gym and you know it's that level of dedication, it's that level of commitment that gets you to where you want to go. And it, it's just not easy. It never is. You know, so it's it's never been easy for me. I've always felt like I've had to work harder than everybody else to get where I want to get. I feel like I'm slow with with the speed that I get things done. And so that requires that I work more hours to get things done. But everybody feels that way about themselves in some capacity. You know, every we all feel like Everybody else is doing a better job. We all feel like it looks so much easier for other people. But you know what it is, is that you don't see people when they're grinding. You don't see people when it's late at night and they're hitting balls in their garage. You don't see people when they wake up first thing in the morning and they're on their computer looking at loan applications, sending emails, researching guidelines, doing all of these things. That happens by yourself. You know, when Kobe and Michael are showing up to the gym in the earliest hours of the morning, they're there by themselves. 
And so I think the the grind and the achievement of the highest level achievers, a lot of that comes by yourself when everybody's asleep, when everybody hasn't woken up yet, when everybody's too tired. If you can do that extra 5%, the extra 10%, what the extra 1%, and you do that over three, four, five, ten 10 years, the results of that extra percentage becomes huge. But it's not a instant gratification that you're going to get from working hard. You can't just work hard for one or two or three months and then expect to be like dominating your space. It takes years and years of grinding and incremental like extra effort, incremental extra results that you're getting on top of everybody else to get ahead of the pack. And it's you're just inching your way ahead of the pack every year. And so I've been thinking a lot about that lately because I'm in the next phase of my career where I'm transitioning here from, you know, I, I, I'm still originating loans. I'm still a loan officer. I'm still 100% committed to originating loans. But now I also want to grow and scale my company. I want to recruit and I want to build up the company and teach other loan officers how to build a seven-figure business for themselves. And so I've really been reflecting a lot on like, what has been the difference between some of my best years and other years? Like, why have I done better in certain times than I have in others? And I think it comes down to effort level and focusing on the right activities. You know, there were times where I would spend a lot of time at work, but it wasn't effective time. I wasn't focused on lead generation and acquiring more clients. You know, I was... I like to call it pushing paper around my desk, busy, but not like busy doing the most effective tasks. And the most effective tasks are lead generation always. And so that held me back from getting to the next level in my in my uh, mortgage business. And then with golf, you know, when I first took lessons when I was in high school, like I, I, my dream in high school was to play college golf. That was all I wanted to do. It was just, I wanted to play college golf and I was a pretty good baseball player too. Stopped playing baseball so I could just focus on golf. And I was taking lessons. You know, I was fortunate that my parents supported me in that and had me in lessons. Like, I don't know how often I was going, probably once a month or once every few weeks. And you know, my problem then and why I didn't get as good as I've gotten now at golf is I wasn't open to listening to the golf teacher. Like he was telling me to do things and for me, like it just, I couldn't like accept the fact that I needed to feel uncomfortable in my golf swing to then get to a place where I could hit it better and that eventually it would become comfortable. It was just too hard for me to like wrap my mind around that. And so as a result, I never improved. I practiced, but I didn't improve because I just kept practicing the same things that I had always practiced and I wasn't doing anything different. So I wasn't getting any different results. Once I got older, and I think, you know, the advancement of like video technology on smartphones and stuff also helped because then I could really see my swing. But as I got a little bit older, a little bit more mature, I realized like, hey, if I really want to get better at golf, my swing has got to become significantly different. And if my if I'm swinging it significantly different, A, it's going to feel really uncomfortable. And B, it's going to take a lot of like just repetition to get there. Like, I'm just going to have to go in my garage and just swing without even hitting a ball. And so I started taking lessons from this guy when I was in college. 
Matt Trimble at ASU, also another really great coach that I've been fortunate to work with. And you know, one of the drills he first had me do was I he wanted me to stand up near the wall in my garage, swing up to the top, and then twist my hands so that the head of my club hit the wall and then swing down so I could learn to pitch the club around me. And so, you know, I, I spent weeks in there doing that for 20, 30 minutes at a time. It's so boring, but it worked. And once I started taking lessons from Matt, I went from like a 10 or 11 handicap and I got all the way down to uh, like a 0.7. I almost got to a scratch level because at that point I was open and receptive to change. I was open and receptive to putting in the work and doing the grind on the boring stuff to get to doing the fun stuff on the golf course with a better golf swing. And so I, I think that, you know, thinking about that, it applies to so many different things in our lives. And, you know, I'm sharing this with you because whatever you're working on that you want to try to improve You've got to be open and receptive to doing things a different way, seeking out others who can show you how to do it at a higher level, and then being willing to put in the tough work to make the changes to see the improvement. And if you're committed to that, the improvement will come, but it just is a matter of how fast is it going to come. And I can tell you, it's not going to come as fast as you want it to come. But if you stay committed and you continue working you put in those hours by yourself and and you you commit, you fully commit, you're going to see the results. It's just a matter of how much work is it going to take. And so ultimately, that's for everybody to decide what's important to them. What do they want to achieve? You know, this could be applied to anything, being a parent, doing, you know, community service, adopting a child. It could be, you know, whatever, career, being a good friend, being a good you know, mentor for somebody else, anything. So, so, but it takes a lot of effort. It just takes so much effort. And, and that's okay because the more effort you put in, the more satisfying it is when you hit that goal. So keep grinding, rise and grind. And that's all we can do is just rise and grind and try and get better every day. But that process of getting incrementally better, I think that's where the real satisfaction comes from is that you look back over all of the effort that you put in and when you have the result in hand it just feels that much sweeter. You know, I think if someone could just hand you the success, yeah, it'd be good, obviously. It wouldn't be as good though because you wouldn't have grinded to earn it on your own. So, happy grinding, stick to it and I hope you enjoyed the show. Hey guys, thanks for listening. I, I hope you enjoyed the show and got some valuable information out of it. I want to help to educate others and, and help people grow their business and build wealth. And I can only do that with referrals and your help getting the word out about this podcast. So if you come across someone you think could benefit from this, please share it with them. And if there's nobody who comes to mind, a five-star review would go a long way in, in helping me to, to grow this podcast and grow the brand. So appreciate your support.